Welcome to American Football in Finland, where a few of us Americans in Finland discuss the football being played here every week. You can follow us on Facebook at American Football in Finland or check out the latest show on perfectpurvis.com forward slash AFF. I'm Perfect Purvis. I'm here with my co-host Jabari Harris. Hey, how y'all doing today? Today, we're going to talk about last week's Maple League results, this week's game to watch, and have a few player interviews as well. The first game we'll talk about this week was the Helsinki Roosters at the Tampa the Saints. The Helsinki Roosters won this game 50-0. to zero. Basically, they lined up and they beat an inferior team. But what a lot of people who didn't watch this game wouldn't have noticed is that the Saints actually slowed the Roosters down early in the game. Uh, early in the game, the Roosters' offense, they only scored 14 points in the first half, and that was actually all in the second quarter. The first quarter, they didn't score at all. score was 0-0. Zero to zero. The Roosters' offense was a little off at the beginning of this game. Third quarter, they came out, lights out, and put it on the Saints, and then that was all she wrote. But the biggest thing that I saw in this game was that the Roosters' defense is what really made them win this game. In the turnover battle, the Roosters caused six turnovers. They had three fumble three fumble recoveries, three interceptions. So they did both ways to get turnovers from the Saints. And then on the offensive side, they capitalized. They scored 28 points off of turnovers, which means of those six turnovers – Four times the offense said, hey, we're going to put up points since y'all just gave us the ball. And that's one thing that the Roosters do well all season. In a game where I think they weren't really clicking, they still found a way as a team to do what was necessary to beat an inferior opponent and not make it close. After the first quarter, I don't know if what everyone else was thinking, but I know when I was watching, I was like, what is going on here? Like, this is unexpected. Uh, Roosters have been coming out really hot, really fast, and this is something different. But you got to see that even though they didn't come out like they've been doing everyone else and just putting up points, they are a complete team. Uh, Them starting slow didn't deter them from putting their foot on the gas in the second half and basically demolishing this team. Another good thing I saw from the Roosters, I'm going to throw out another stat, is their third downs. They were 10 for 17 on third downs. That means when they needed to get them first, they continued those drives. And a lot of that happened in the second half when they really put together good drives against the Saints defense. So all in all, it was pretty much a game that we expected score-wise. It just took a little bit longer to happen. What are your thoughts, Jabari? Absolutely. I think that, uh, you know, playing the games back-to-back, you know, I think they had the big game against Vasa a few days before and then they had to travel down to Tampa Day and play. I think that the guys were and also it's graduation weekend. I think that maybe they were a bit tired or they just underestimated the Saints. I mean, the Saints came into this game, I believe, 0 and three or 0 and two, one of them 0 and three. And I think that they kind of just knew that they were the bigger and better team at the point. But you know you have those games. You have those games, but I think that overall once they woke up they capitalized and did what they had to do. That Brandon Connett, he's still hot. You know, he's uh, four TDs passing, another TD rushing, five total. And that's just been the thing this year. You know, he's been able to spread that ball out. 
Um, I like what I've been seeing, and also Bernard Luster, Jason Taylor getting involved in the passing game out of the backfield. But as you said, that defense played a big part. I mean, you had Pierre uh, with an interception and six tackles, uh, Santu seven tackles, uh, Oko uh, sack and three tackles. And, you know, they're getting guys everywhere on that defense stepping up week in and week out. I really like this Rooster team, and that's why they're going to still be my number one team. Or as the Saints, you know, these young guys that haven't quit yet. I have to say a few positive things about the Saints. You know, they're starting. These young guys are starting to build their confidence up. Uh, you had a few of these guys in the secondary that stepped up and made some plays. Had a few pass breakups. Had a few tackles for losses. I think that this is just a young team that's going to continue to grow. Uh, the quarterback himself, uh, he's didn't play very well. You know, he had three interceptions, but... You know, this is just a young team that's trying to develop and build for the next season. Next game we're going to talk about is the Hamelina Huskies versus the Turku Trojans. The Hamelina Huskies came out and they schemed by the Turku Trojans 28-0. What I saw in this game, uh, the weather had a lot of, uh, it had a lot of impact on that air raid offense. Um, Stanley had in the beginning a, a hard time getting a grip on the ball. It was pretty muddy. But they eventually, you know, did enough to get by. What I really liked in this game is how Turku came out and fought. Uh, that defense played much better than they played all year. You know, they gave up 28 points, but in the first half, they uh, limited the Huskies to 12 points. So uh, two touchdowns in the first half, two touchdowns in the second half. And also their offense found a bit of a spark. They went into this game with uh, a finished quarterback, and I think he did very well. You know, he... uh. He went out, he played, and he got the ball around. They didn't score a touchdown yet, but their offense was actually able to find some holes in the Hamelina defense, and I think that that was the main thing that people are going to point out. Uh, as far as the Huskies' offense, um, Stan, he went out 293 yards, three passing TDs, but my man, Roman Runner, he's consistently week in, week out, showing and talking about, I mean, showing people that he is possibly one of the best players in the league. I think right now, overall, as far as an athlete, he is the best athlete playing in the Maple League right now. I mean, the guy's getting plays on defense. He's taking returns to the house. He's caught almost in every game a receiving touchdown and now a rushing touchdown. Roman Runner is also making a plea for himself that he's a possible MVP candidate. I still like the I like this Huskies offense's chances. Uh, they're doing a lot of things right. And uh, they just just like the Roosters. I think that they had just a slow game, but they're going to bounce back in the next week. Yeah, my opinions were pretty much similar to yours. I won't rehash a lot of what you said. Just know I agree. Uh, One thing I did see for the Huskies was, of course, the weather was probably a factor, but they did look a lot out of sync. There was a lot of passes where the throw was either to a spot where a receiver was not going or there was passes thrown that hit players in the hands and they dropped it one thing i noticed all the receivers were wearing damn gloves it's raining you're wearing gloves you can't catch the ball in the rain with gloves take your gloves off trust your hands and catch the damn ball i'm sorry but it it upsets me when people (laughs) do that and i mean this was what this is what the first game that stan bedwell didn't throw for 80 percent completion so a lot of people might look at that and think well oh well it's stan's arm or something like that he did have a lot of bad throws in this game, but they had a ton of drops. And I can't tell you the stats for drops because we don't keep stats for drops in the Maple League. That's okay. 
But there were a lot of drops, and I do blame the damn gloves that people were wearing in the rain. But other than that, the Huskies, like you said, they, they looked okay, just not what we're used to seeing from them. On the Trojan side, something I noticed that was unique for what they did against the Huskies offense, June Robinson is the defense coordinator. He put himself in an outside linebacker slash nickelback position where he was going out with receivers and, and covering space. And I think he did a really good job doing it. But what really made it work is that they had pressure up the middle with their D-line. They had a stand-up D-line. instead of having them down in a three- or four-point stance, the Trojans' interior D-linemen were standing up over the ball. So they were getting great get-off, and they were swim-moving and finesse-moving these uh, Huskies' offensive linemen the whole game. I didn't look at the stats exactly, but Stan Bedwell had pressure. He was sacked a couple times. And he had to do a lot of running, which is not what he wants to do. So that helped disrupt that offense. And that was something I think a lot of teams are going to see about the Huskies offense and say, how can we implement that? So I think the Trojans did good kind of exposing that for against the Huskies offense. Also, I've got to make an apology because I was adamant in saying that it was not the quarterback situation that needed to be fixed on the Trojans. Obviously, I was wrong. Uh, young Tiamo Thorstrom playing quarterback, he wasn't great by any stretch, but there was a balance to their offense that you have not seen all season. And there was hope. There's a lot of throws that he made in this game where the throw wasn't good, but the receiver was open, which means the play call was there. Everything was lining up, but you might need a better quarterback. And the Trojans have a quarterback, a new quarterback coming in. So they have a lot of hope from this game because they made a lot of things happen to show that there's potential that they can compete in this league. So kudos to the Trojans and also kudos to head coach Kari for deciding to make the change now instead of waiting too long. Actually, the Trojans had a similar situation last year where they decided to go from their finished quarterbacks to get bringing in an import after a few games. So maybe that's their, their MO is to figure it out before they do it, but they definitely made the right choice. And that offense, I think is going to be better in the future. Now that they can add balance to their run game. Absolutely. I mean, I like the spark that they had. They came out confident. And like you said, on both sides of the ball, I think that they played probably their best, game of the year and I think that this is going to be motivating for them going into these future games and they're going to be able to put the pieces together they've signed a new quarterback and I'm expecting that he's going to come in and uh, try to be the general and get this thing rolling next up we're going to have an interview with Turku Trojans defensive back Ville Valtteri Suwoanen welcome to the show Ville Valtteri thanks man I appreciate it Uh, we're going to get right into the questions with you First thing I want to talk about, you play defensive back, punter, and returner for the Trojans. Do you ever get tired, man? No, I can't get tired. I'm, I still like have an offense to play if they go to call, call my number. <laughs> I was, that's the, that was actually was going to be my next question. I was going to ask, like, do you ever think about playing offense? If Yeah, like I, I think about it, but uh, like it's, it's Coach Carter's call. Well, if I get get the snaps or not, not so, there, but I so, definitely have some speed. 
Yeah, you so, definitely. Yeah, you can so run I, the I ball could make for a, sure. Like a couple got you, so I bet. So you think you would be like a receiver or like a running back? I think uh, like a receiver is better for me. Okay. I don't have the body body size of a running back. <laughs> I understand that. Yeah, I would love to see you play some receiver for you guys. So yeah, that that might happen in the future. Hopefully, hopefully, Kari listens to this and decided. <laughs> yeah, Kari, if you're listening, put Ville Ball to be a receiver for a uh, perfect purpose. Please, please do it. <laughs> Speaking of your last game that you guys just played, I'm getting personal. What happened to that interception you could have had in the second quarter, man? Those are my fantasy points you're taking. It was fourth down, man. You never take, take those. Ah, oh, come on. But I needed the fantasy points. Yeah, I know. I was already thinking about going for the house, so I, I like didn't concentrate on the catch. Ah, it's all right. It's still a smart play by you, though. So, yeah, well, I have to make those those in the future, but but like maybe next time. So in this last game, you guys play. You're down against the Huskies, twelve to zero at the half. How did you and your teammates feel about pulling off an upset? Like heading into the third quarter, what was the momentum? Like what was the feeling in the locker room? Like it was it was good. It was probably the best best the whole season so far. But uh, still, like we weren't satisfied with that. Because we know what we can do when we play all four quarters like we played the second quarter against the Huskies. Huskies. So there will be good good things for us coming if we just continue to work work and practice hard and grinding. Okay, so against the Huskies, you guys held them to 28 total points. And that's a very high-powered offense that Stan Bedwell leads over there. I think they've averaged over 50 points a game so far. Do you do you consider what you guys did in this game an an improvement on the season so far? Like, of course, it was an improvement, but still, you can't be satisfied with twenty eight points points when you're on the field. Feel like if you're a competitor, like then you just can't can't allow that. Trojans have a bye week. Ville Valtteri, do you have any plans for this much needed rest week? Now, just work hard and maybe get some. School work done, ah. done now, and then working hard, hard for the improvement on the next game. Okay, well, Ville Valtteri, thank you for talking to me today. We appreciate it. I would say good luck next week, but you guys have an off week. But good luck when you <laughs> come back. You guys play the the tro- no the Saints, right? Yeah, that's um like uh, so far the most important game of the year yeah. here for us. So like, that's gonna be a good game. Yeah, so good luck for you against the Saints in two weeks, and hope you have a good day. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks again to Ville for taking the time to talk to us today. The last game we'll talk about from the weekend was the Porvo Butchers at the Sinayoki Crocodiles. The Butchers beat the Crocodiles 31-0. That score, just like the rest of the games, it's a lot to zero, but this game also was only 10-0 to at half. One thing I want to say before I before I even get into the game is that the Crocs were playing at this new stadium. That thing looks awesome. It looks similar to the Botnia Holly in Vasa, except for I'm pretty sure it was outside. But it's a huge stadium, and they have a real nice setup. They have some a bouncy like a crocodile bouncy house or something on the sidelines. Seeing some kids having a good time. 
So Cindy Yogi is definitely going the right way and, you know, making the sport a little bit more fun and more professional in that at, in that aspect. But back to the game, early in the game, the Butchers came out sloppy. I don't know if this is just the theme of the week, but they came out, they weren't, they weren't making the plays they normally make, and they only put up 10 points in the first half, and a lot of it had to do with just them not being in sync offensively. Defensively, they held strong the entire game. The defensive lineman, I can't remember his name right now. I'm so sorry, but he's number 55. He was everywhere. His stats probably don't show it. They really don't. But he was putting pressure on Brett Arave the entire game. He he was the catalyst for that defense for the Butchers, and he never stopped. Now, in the second quarter... There was an injury to Jordan Moore. I want to say it was his ankle that he he twisted his ankle or something. And they had to go to Miko Seppinen at quarterback. And we found out that the Butchers don't have a backup quarterback. Because as much as I love Miko Seppinen, the receiver slash defensive back, hometown hero from Porvo Butchers, he was not prepared to play quarterback. And it showed in that game. He actually threw an interception. I think he threw like three passes and one of them was an interception. So that's something that the Butchers showed that they don't really have depth behind Jordan Moore. And considering he's a running quarterback, that's that's a red flag for me that, hey, it's 12 games. He's going to get banged up at some point. The Butchers need to make sure they have a backup for that. Another thing that the Butchers did that, of course, I'm going in on them being sloppy because they won the game. They're a better team. We all know that. But – they looked sloppy, and they left a lot of points on the board. The Butchers were one for three in field goals. They were three for six in the red zone. So half the time they got to the red zone, they didn't score. The Butchers left a lot of points on the board, and I think that's one thing they have to sure up, especially since next week they're going to be playing against the Roosters. You can't have those type of mistakes against a good team and come away with a win. In this game... Even though they left points on the board, their defense was good enough to stop the Crocodiles from ever capitalizing. And the one interception they threw was in the red zone as well. So they actually made the Crocodiles drive the whole field. So they were lucky that their defense had their back on them not capitalizing on them points. But if they plan on being a playoff team and a Maple Bowl contender, they have to capitalize off those points. What are your thoughts on it, Jabbar? I definitely think that, you know, man, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I don't have the words to say for San Aoki. Uh, I really just, I know that they're trying their best, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And um, I really just don't understand what the issue is on the offensive side. I mean, last week I was saying, you know, about Brett and about Turku's quarterback, you know, maybe it's not them. But some of these throws that I am seeing is just the lack of him being proper with his mechanics. And um, I'm not sure if it's because he feels pressured or if he feels rushed. But when you're completing under 40-something percent of your passes, that's not good at all. The Butchers have an identity of what they want to do. Hall has not been stopped by anybody. I mean, this kid from the first game has been a monster. And I really like what he's doing. I mean, right now, he's the best running back in the league, hands down. Easily. As you said, I think that, Jordan, I love what you're doing, baby. 
but protect yourself. Protect yourself. Uh, you guys don't have a backup quarterback that's going to come in and be able to give that kind of presence. So you got to know that. I know the type of guy you are. I know you're a big man, but protect yourself. Other than that, I think that this Butcher's team is very dangerous. Right now, I mean, I really believe that they have a good chance against Hamelina and against Vasa. And let me tell you why. It's not so much about what the offense is doing. It's about what this Porvoo defense is doing. Three games. How many points have they given up? What, seven? Yeah, something like that. They are balling over there. I don't know what they did this year that they didn't do or couldn't do last year, but these guys have made all the right moves. And I really think that it comes down to getting veterans back over there in the secondary. I mean, this Nico Rocco, like I said, a few years ago was a national team safety. He is flying all across the field, laying people out. And I think that they just have their swagger back. As far as Sanioki, I still got faith in you guys, but I think that certain moves have to be made. If anybody needs to be making the QB change, it needs to be them too. Sorry, Brett, not trying to throw you under the bus, but hey, you're not getting it done. Somebody needs to get it done. Right now, you're not the guy. Step up and show me something. I defended you all last week. I defended you weeks before. I can't defend you after watching the film. Step up and give me something. Even if you can't produce wins, produce the numbers. Be accurate. Be an athlete. Be everything that your college highlight film showed before you came here. I want to see you running the ball. I want to see you making accurate throws on the run. My thing is, guys get paid to be professionals. You have to earn your paycheck when you call yourself an import. There are several guys out here that have played in San Diego that have got it done. Brett, I believe in you. Get it done. All right, man. I got to throw this in there then because, hey, I know you're going there, Brett Arvey. There was a lot of incompletions. Like you said, he's throwing for under 40%. But I'm going to tell you what I see from the Crocs offensively. Who is he going to throw the ball to? No one, no one knows because – they don't have a number one receiver. What they have is they have another import, Anthony Brooks. Now, I don't know Anthony Brooks from Adam. I don't. But Anthony Brooks is their import receiver. And if you watch these games, especially this last game, Brett is looking for him every play. They're running screens. They're running deep routes. And he's still looking at number 13, Anthony Brooks. And what's happening is the the plays need to be big plays. Anthony Brooks is not a big play receiver. He's a slot trying to play wide receiver. He's a he's a possession receiver who's quick but not necessarily fast. And then he's needed to make plays. A lot of these passes that Brett's throwing up, these are passes me and you are used to seeing from star players that, hey, I'm going to throw it up and let him go get it. If you're watching this game, there was – Two or three times where Stan Bedwell just threw it up and Roman Runner went and got that thing for him because he trusted his receiver. Brett does the same thing to Brooks, except there's no production from Brooks. Brooks is not going to go up and go get a, a ball from anybody. He's going to not make the catch. He's not going to outrun anybody. He's not going to break 85 tackles. He changes direction but doesn't get downfield. He doesn't have the speed for that. I'm not hating on him as a player, but – they need a big play maker on offense, and they don't have one. The quarterback, he's a 
He's a game manager. He's not a big play quarterback. Your top receiver, he's a good receiver. He's not a big play receiver. And then you don't have a, a legit running back because your running back is hurt right now. So what the Crocs are doing is they're trying to use an average scheme with average players to beat great teams. These teams in the Maple League are great teams. They don't; These teams aren't full of average players. So you're not going to beat them with average players and an average scheme. And in my opinion, they need to go get a playmaker for Brett. I don't believe Brett is a problem. I believe him not having anywhere to go with it, similar to the Saints not having a playmaker to go with their quarterback. But that's me. And, of course, you make good points about his throwing and stuff. But I'm calling out Anthony Brooks that, hey, maybe you need to just play offense at slot and they bring in someone else. Because yeah, let's call out everybody, regardless. Yeah, they need to do something. Yeah, that, like, that's what I've it is. Seen, they need to do something. I've seen this team make several moves in the past where we need a receiver, we need a receiver, we're gonna go get it. We need a quarterback, we need a quarterback, we're gonna get it. We need a running back, we go get it. What's the hesitation now? You guys are in a funk. I understand rebuilding, but get this man some help. We know how football is. Regardless of what happens, people are going to blame at the end of the day who? The quarterback. If they feel that he has enough to get it done, that's probably why they're not bringing it in. And if that's the case, we need to make some reevaluations on who's calling the shots over there on the board. Because this guy's struggling. This team is struggling. Yep. Everybody's struggling. Anthony's struggling. Everybody's frustrated. This is still a top-tier team, and they can be a top-tier team. My frustration is I don't know why they're not making the moves. I mean, Turku, our quarterback's not getting it done. We need receivers. Boom, we made moves. What's the hesitation for? Maybe they're waiting for that bye week as well. well all I got to say is don't be surprised if after that bye week they have five or six signings. That makes sense to me. <laughs> so, uh, speaking of the Crocodiles, next up, we'll have an interview with defensive back DJ Washington from the Senioki Crocodiles. All right, welcome DJ Washington to the show today. Well, thank you for having me. All right, I'm going to get right into the questions, man. Um, after a tough loss against the Butchers, you guys seemed unable to stop the running attack. Can you explain what the main problem was for the run defense that the Crocodiles had? Uh, a little bit of it was, uh, you know, we got some young linebackers out there. Uh, we got two guys that played on the junior team last year. Um, you know, they're going to eventually be good players. Um, but, you know, a lot of a lot of the plays that we were getting, a lot of times when they started pulling, we couldn't, uh, we couldn't uh, read those blocking schemes that they had. Um, so you saw we was pretty much stopping them. Uh, we did a pretty much a good job in the first half of stopping them. And then they adjusted in the second half and started doing like uh, little counters and mixed directions. Um, and we just didn't, didn't see it a lot of, a lot of times of those blocking schemes. And we just didn't know how to attack blockers well. Um, so a lot of those run plays that you see, um, those gaps were big and they just kept getting outside because we weren't attacking the blockers. You didn't play in this last game because of injury. And matter of fact, Josh Clark didn't either. But you specifically, can we expect to see you play next week against the Saints? Uh, yeah, I didn't play. Uh, I didn't play last week, and I only played the was it the first quarter of the, the uh, Huskies game. 
Um, I kind of like banged up uh, my knee, uh, tendon in my knee up to my hamstring uh, versus the Royals in the, before the second half. And so I was just pretty limited. Um, and uh, after the Huskies game, well, pretty much the second quarter of the Husky game, um, it just, just gave out. I got tackled, and, uh, and it just kind of pulled on me a little bit. And so I missed this game, um, but I'm looking forward to get back out there this week. I'm still pretty much day-to-day, but I think I should be uh, closer to 100% um, going into this next game uh, versus the Saints. Speaking of this week's game, the Crocodiles are winless, and so are the Tampa Saints. In your opinion, what are the keys for your guys' defense to stop the Saints' offense? Yeah, like you said, uh, two winless teams that pretty much have to win. You know, one of us has to win this game. Um, Finally, right? Somebody has to win. (laughs) Right, right. Somebody has to win this game. And, uh, you know, for us, we're thinking, like, if we don't win this game, you know, our, our, our chances of playoffs or anything like that are not going to be available to us. Um, so our biggest thing as a defense is to line up, play football, and do our best to get our young guys in position where they can make plays. Um, in the beginning of the season, <clears throat> we got, I think, maybe maybe about six guys on defense that, are, that, that were on the uh, junior team last year. And so a lot of the stuff that we were doing um, might have been a little too confusing for them, you know, and they just, you know, you know didn't have the football uh, uh, mental mental uh, to be prepared to, to, you know, handle some of the better teams that we were seeing and some of the some of the things that we were seeing offensively. Uh, so this week, uh, the biggest thing for us is just to line up and play football, you know, fly around to the ball. Um, you know, both of our offenses are, are struggling, it seems like. Um, so it's going to be a defensive battle. So for us, the biggest thing is just line up to play football, you know, and to have fun. You know, you got young guys out there playing, um, so you got to continue to encourage them and let them know that, you know, they're going to make some mistakes um, and, and, and just get them back on track. All right, so after four losses to start the season, just wanted to ask you, what is the team morale like with the Crocodiles? Like, are you guys still fighting to, you know, make the playoffs? Or have you kind of reconsidered your goals to just winning a few games? Man, every time I line up on the field, and, and most of the guys that that, that that are here, you know, we 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 want to win games, you know. And uh, as we talked a little bit before I got out here, you kind of let me know like you guys might struggle a little bit. You got some young guys, um, a lot of the guys left, but you know, at the same time, you know, this is a brutal game. You know, it's a tough game. You don't come in here, you know, uh, to a game and, and, and think that oh, I'm, I'm just going to play and, and, and I'm going to settle for a loss. Uh, you play every game, you know, to win, you know, and that's my mentality. And that's what I've been preaching since I've been here. You know, you play every game to win and uh, we're going to take every game uh, one by one. You know, and we we, we, we uh, going to continue to try to win every game um, regardless of, uh, you know, if we don't win or not. But. You know, every game is 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 we look we're we're looking to win. Well, DJ Washington, we appreciate you talking to us a little bit today, and wish you the best of luck to a speedy recovery. And we hope to see you out there against the Saints this weekend. I appreciate it. Thanks again to DJ for taking the time to talk to us. That's what happened this past weekend, but the Maple Leagues teams are back in action on Thursday. The Tampa Saints are going to travel to Senioki to play against the Senioki Crocodiles. 
Then on Saturday, the Humbling Huskies are going to Vasa to play against the Wassa Royals. And the last game will be on Monday night. The Porvo Butchers travel to play against the Helsinki Roosters. Even though this is actually the first week where we've seen enough of these games that the, all three of these games should be tight. On paper, a lot of these teams are evenly matched. So it should be a really good week of games in the Maple League. Game to watch this week will be the undefeated Porvo Butchers at the undefeated Helsinki Roosters. We'll each get one sentence to describe why it's the game to watch. We'll start with you, Jabari. Uh, I think this is the game to watch because we really get to see where this Porvo team is in regards to being the top dog in the SAJL this year. I think this is a game to watch because I want to see who is the best team in the Maple League. So that's it for us this week on American Football in Finland. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook at American Football in Finland or check out our latest show on perfectperves.com forward slash AFF. You can now subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Just search for American Football in Finland in the podcast section, and you can catch up on all of our latest content, including player and coaches' interviews. So until next week, I'm Perfect Purpose with my co-host Jabari Harris. Thanks for having us. Great, great to be on the show. See you next week.